Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing and following. It's Justin Hahnemann, the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas. My voice is back. I'm very excited. Just in time for us to talk about seasonings. It's going to be a very, very exciting show today. On the podcast, Dan Oliver, he is founder, CEO of Dano Seasonings. Can't even wait. I love seasoning on everything I eat. So, Dan, so great to have you on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Glad to be I'm so, here. <laughs> I'm glad you're here. It's so fun seeing you, man. Um, I can't even wait to, to hear about your company. Dan lives up in Kentucky, Louisville. You have to say it right. You can't say That's Louisville. Right. It's Louisville. Louisville. And... Louisville. Uh, yeah, and, and Dan grew up there. I can't even wait to ask you back, background and whatnot. We're going to talk about seasoning today in the food space. Um, and we're going to talk about brands, packages, like how you're getting to market, e-commerce, everything. We're going to work down the usual funnel. And so let's do this. Dan, share a little about your story. Like Share with our audience what you were doing before launching the business about, what, about five and six years ago. So why don't you share a little bit about your story? Yeah, so let's go back to when I started the business. It was uh, the idea happened. My aha moment was 2015, January 2015, and pretty much I was a bartender. And at this point in my life, you know, I'm 41 years old now. So this was 2015. So I graduated high school in in uh, 2000. So there's the 15 years in between of me trying to figure out what I'm going to do in my life. (laughs) Because I always I wanted to be, I always wanted to own my own business. I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I just, you know, I was kind of like the black sheep of the family because I got older brothers and they all own their own businesses. And I was the youngest and I was the one trying to figure things out, trying to figure my way out. And uh, so let's go back to 20, to the year 2000. I actually never took my ACT or SAT because I knew I wasn't going to school. Thought I was going to be a professional billiards player, but believe it or oh. not. I like billiards. Yeah. I mean, were you really good or were you like looking back? Were you really good or were you, was it like not, I don't know. What did you, you thought? My, you really I played in my first professional tournament and uh, I played Jeanette Lee, the black widow. And oh. she beat me. She beat me seven, nothing. But then I played the number three bank player in the world. Cause I was a great bank player. And I took him to the final game, final ball should have beat him, but I didn't, <laughs> but who knew man, next That's thing amazing. you know, <laughs> hey, next thing you know, I, I had a, uh, I was delivering pizzas to make ends meet, and uh, I got a head-on collision, and it broke my finger. So that was kind of like a a sign from oh, God no. saying you're not going to be you're not going to be a billiards player. <laughs> figure, oh, figure figure something else out. So I actually at that point I went and applied myself in school and uh, went to the community college in Lexington, and uh, I really applied myself. But I was on like the six-year program, so I, I jumped out of school to come back and get in the insurance business with my brother because he was doing really well and uh it just it didn't work it didn't pan out for me i gave it two good years i was really good on the phone i was always good at sales but the market was so competitive at the time that i couldn't make a dollar you know i get i get quote quote 10 people and i'd be lucky to write one got it so So I, I grinded with the insurance for a little bit, and then I went into industrial electronics, which I got to travel around the state of Kentucky selling electronics, uh, electronic equipment service to big manufacturers. Sure. 
So that was a super cool job that I loved doing. It was kind of like, you know, the TV show, How It's Made. Yeah, I kind of got to like see that firsthand and we repaired mm. uh, that type of equipment. So wow. that was super cool. But when that job kind of ended, then I, I was like, I want something just that's not professional. You know, I wanted to be a bartender. So right. <laughs> that's when <laughs> not uh, professional. I had a, Right. So I wanted to bartend. I wanted to make good money and have an easy job, kind of, so to speak. So, and do what I wanted to do. Sure. And so I was was bartending for five years. And in the last two years that I was there bartending, I was just, my wheels would not stop spinning about what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I need something different. This is not it. You know, I can't do this the rest of my life. And I would think about uh disposable toothbrush idea that I spent money on and other like inventions that all took millions of dollars. Right. Well, I didn't have millions of dollars, but right. I did have 8,000. I had $8,000. had 8,000. I had 8,000. So, and so now, now we're in January, 2015. And, you know, I always used to bring in this chicken to the bar and, People would ask me how I made the recipe, this, that, and the other. I never thought about calling it Dano's. Never even crossed my mind to sell the seasoning until one day. You know, I'm thinking big inventions, big ideas, right? And, uh, <laughs> Disposable right. toothbrush. I mean, come on, Justin. Right. Right. <laughs> right. I could go on and on about some ideas. I might blow your mind I with bet. some. But, I love to but, hear them. Uh, <laughs> it was this one day I brought in. I took, I took a whole chicken, I cut it in half and I roasted two half chickens and I like brought it into work. And I remember it like it was yesterday. It was five o'clock on a Monday. There was nobody in there. There was one guy, he wasn't even drinking. He was just waiting for a pool game. And I was like, Hey, do you want some of this chicken? He was like, yeah. And I was like, here you go. Like I made a whole chicken here. You can have a whole half a chicken. And I remember he took one bite and he was looking down. And he had his head was shaking. And he looked up at me. He's like, this is the best chicken I ever had. He's like, why aren't you selling it? And I was like, you know, what? Said Danos. I'll call it Danos. Like, and so in my mind, I knew right then and there what I, I, I like had the name. I had to work from five o'clock to five o'clock, a 12 hour shift. Not, the only thing that was on my mind is I can't wait to get home and figure out how I'm going to start this business. So, wow. okay. So, so that's when literally like a two year span of, you know, develop product development started because I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew I had right. to figure something out. <laughs> so <laughs> how did you go from this guy likes the chicken to uh, there's an idea here I want to explore to like it's going to be seasoning. You know what I mean? Like instead of just making good chicken, like how did you figure all that out? Well, it was like, well, okay, I, I need to make this recipe. Now I need, you know, I knew how I made the recipe, but now sure. I needed to start measuring things out. Like I need to actually write down what I'm putting in this, not just grabbing it off eyeball and everything, just grabbing it off the shelf and throwing it in. I need to start weighing it out. So then right. it got into weighing all this stuff out. So then when I'm weighing it out, it's not turning out the same, right? I'm trying to get everything. I know it's kind of hard how that is, isn't it? And so I would, I would cook some, something and I would take it to a friend or take it to my brother. And I'd be like, what do you think of this? And he's like, Oh, there's too much of this in there. There's too much of that. And then, the, you know, it ended up being me in my kitchen and I would make five different batches 
of Danos. One's got a little bit more of this. One's got a little bit less of this, a little bit more rosemary, a little bit this and that. And like, I would literally have a different chicken leg popping out of the oven every 15 minutes. So wow. I could like try it, <laughs> let my palate clean. man. It's a lot of chicken. Right. Well, yeah, I probably, I would say I probably made the recipe. People ask this, how many times did you have to make it before you, you perfected yeah. it? And I'd say That's right. it's probably every bit being a hundred percent realistic, a hundred times a hundred different, you know, mixes of the blend that was in my head, probably a hundred different little recipes until I got sure. it right. Amazing. So, so okay. So you, you, you have, and it was one seasoning, right? To begin with, cause you've got a whole bunch of them that you sell now, but I mean, like it was the original, is that what this was to begin with? I started with two. It was the original okay. and then a spicy version of it. So well, it was like the, basically the same as just one had a kick. Got it. Okay. So you so, figure out something that you think tastes good. And then what did you do from there? Well, that's when I, you know, it was all product development. Me, you know, like yeah, I but said, you, I say have, that. you hadn't done that before. Right. And I got a, I got a whole family of entrepreneurs too. And, but none of okay. them are in the food food business or you know even like product business it's all insurance and financials right. sales right. and stuff like that so, so i like tangible stuff right what's that what'd you do who'd you call who helped you man it was uh google's your best friend i tell people that all the time i'm like you got a question ask people because <laughs> they, they probably know the answer you might have to search a little for a little while, especially, you know, when you get detailed in your questions, you got to go searching. But, you know, I would use also I had to figure out like FDA compliance. So sure. I, I remember reading a lot of uh, FDA like handbook and stuff, you know, nutrition panels and stuff like that. And you know, even manufacturing the product. And I'll tell you the one thing that held me back. You know, I had to find graphic design, so I had to go find the guy uh, to do my graphic design and come up with a logo. You know, people ask good, me, by the way. Thank you. And it you looks like a dude? fishing person. The little guy's yeah, going little, fishing. Like a little Huckleberry Finn. Right. I like that. That's kind of fun. So that like, was my really whole cool. thing. You know, I was like, I knew what the name was, Danos, and... Yep. Basically, I needed a logo. Well, it came to me one night. I remember waking up and I'm like, little Huckleberry Finn. And I'm like, but now I got to, you know, come up with the real artwork. You can't just go grab some clip art off the Internet no, and make it a brand. it doesn't work very well. It doesn't work. So well. I had to get it sketched up. I actually paid the guy in the, the kitchen where I was barked $100. <laughs> That's it's pretty cool. It's kind of like the Nike story. You know, he only pay, he paid somebody 40 bucks to draw up the Nike symbol. So, all right so you've got a logo situation. you've got seasoning like how did you figure out packaging and like you've got some nice packaging here all kinds of different sizes and colors like who yeah where did you figure that out or how did you, what that did you was, do about uh, that? you know that was a whole nother process of me typing in google like you know plastic spice jars and uh labels and you know i had a friend here in louisville that was, you referred me to a label person but got it when it came to sourcing my ingredients you know when you deal with co-packers they're most always 
going to charge you for sourcing your all the materials, sourcing your labels, sourcing your bottles. They'll do everything for you. But then at the end of the day, you got this bottle that costs you a lot of money because they're marking everything up. Right. Me, myself, there was a co-packer in town here in Louisville that was starting at the same time I was looking for business. And here I was, and I was like, hey, I need you to help me out. He's like, I need you to just charge me a processing fee and I'll source everything and bring it to you. Oh, wow. So that was our agreement. Perfect timing. So, and so, but what it did for me is it really allowed me to really learn the business as far as sourcing all my materials. Cause I had to do it. So right. I went from the beginning. I remember, you know, buying my labels or, or not my, 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 like my jars, my plastic spice jars. Cause I just had one sure. size at the time. I was buying them from San Francisco and I was, you know, maybe spending like 30 cents a piece on them because I was Got buying it. them from a supplier. I wasn't right. big enough to get them from a manufacturer. I was having to back, go through like the third or fourth person. You know what I mean? I do. To where now we go straight to the source on everything. Like we go straight and so to now the that cost comes prices. down. Right. Absolutely. You, you have to. I mean, especially in we're, and the funny thing is, is we're actually the most expensive spice on the seasoning rack when you go to the store, but that's because we use more ingredients than most of the other products. We're not salt heavy and sugar heavy like most products. So we actually have more expensive hmm. ingredients. Got it. But yeah, so so okay, you're you're pulling product together, you're figuring out plastic bottles and co packers and whatnot. What did you know you had something like did people go i'll buy that or like how were you selling it initially out of your house or like did you put a website like what did it look like early days well the i'll tell you this the the biggest thing that held me back in the beginning is because i knew i had the recipe i basically had a logo and i had label on up i just wasn't making it yet i wasn't putting it into the bottle and I remember sure. going to Kroger one day and I ran into these people that were selling their uh, jams and jellies. And we talked for like an hour and I told her that I had a product that I was going to launch. And she's like, well, what's holding you back? And I'm like, well, I just don't know how to package it. And she's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, it's like kind of holding me back. I don't know how to package it. And she's like, so you got the product, you know, the recipe and this, and you got the labels, but you put it into a bottle. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, She's like, go get your manufacturer's permit. And I was like, is what? that all I got to do? <laughs> right. <laughs> so initially, I did not use a co-packer. Initially, for the first, um, I'll show you something. For the first, <laughs> this you is my original can't. label. I love it. You guys can't see it, but I'm looking at the label. Yeah. Go ahead. Keep showing it to me. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that's the, the original the little, label. And you can the see Huck how it's like, on there, uh, but it's kind of small. I mean, the Huck Finn is small on the on the old label. Correct. Now and we the got packaging the state of Kentucky looks, on there. Yeah, I love that. It's very, very farmer's market looking. Yep. Right. That does, there's nothing about that that says, "Hey, this is going to be a national brand." Right. And so, then that's when this was my initial packaging after like almost two years going through the <laughs> yeah. label, figuring everything yeah. out. Have you sold anything yet, or were you still doing the bartending at the time and just doing this on the side? Yes, when okay. when we were at this got stage it. right here, this was yep. on, this was like my side thing, and so I got into a couple little small grocery stores, 
And I would go in every other day when I had a free day and I would go in and demo the product. It only took me a month to figure out that the packaging was a little bit too big, meaning like I was selling it for like seven and eight bucks. People didn't want to pay seven and eight bucks for seasoning. They wanted to be like five bucks. But I'm like, well, this is better ingredients. It's not cheap ingredients. (laughs) Right. You know what I mean? Like I know what I'm paying for. I know what's going in the bottle. It's not that I'm marking it up so high. It's just that's what my fair margin is. That's what I have to sell it for. And so – I needed to reduce the size of the packaging to get to the $5 range. Right. So that's what I did. And it only took me a month to realize the the tweaks that I needed to make to the, the original package. But I sure. literally stopped and didn't sell anything other than was in the five stores that I was in. I didn't sell anything for like another eight months. Wow. I was repackaging, right. redoing the label. And then so when I came out with the new labels – which is basically what you see here today. Yeah, it looks nice. A little bit redone, but now it's looking more like a national product, something you see it on does. shelf. Man, you lost the state of Kentucky, so, though. Yeah, well, <laughs> not everybody <laughs> loves the state of Kentucky like I do. So. so funny. It looks awesome. I mean, seriously, you guys... Um, you can check it out at, at danoseasoning.com. But, I mean, go check out Amazon. Holy cow. Almost 5,000 nearly five-star reviews. Uh, I mean, there's a number of SKUs on Amazon, but, like, for the uh, the, the Variety 3-pack, I mean, that's amazing to get that many reviews. Okay, so you you all this time goes by. You haven't sold anything. So then you redid the packaging. So then when you got the better packaging, were you like, okay, this looks good. So what did you do when you got the better packaging? I went and did my first flea market, a f- okay. actual flea market, where there's thousands, you know, there may have been 10,000 people that came through in a, a three day period. Sure. And so I went and did my first flea market. I wanted to do the flea markets back for, but I, never, I wasn't ready for it. It wasn't the right timing. Like I did, I had done the farmer's markets and go sell, you know, 50 bottles and right. pull in 300 bucks, but the flea market's different. <laughs> Right. So I went and did my first flea market thinking, well, hopefully I'll do a thousand bucks in three days, you know, and I ended up doing almost four grand. Wow. Dang. Yeah. And so I was like, this is it. I was like, this is it. If I can do $4,000 at a flea market, what do right. I need to do? I need to find right. more flea markets. Right. So I was more like, flea markets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I basically quit my job bartending. I, okay. I, I mean, I probably kept it for the next like two months or so and would pick up shifts here and there because I'm just now getting into it and I'm trying to figure out where all these flea markets are because this was my first one doing it and right. I was going to see how it turned out. Well, it turned out amazing. So I'm like, I need to find more flea markets, more festivals, events where there's a large n- number of people. Right. And so, and the flea markets are the best too because. You know, you might go to a hunting fishing show and it might cost you seven hundred dollars to set up a booth, but at a flea market right. it's only like hundred bucks. So right. Low cost. Somebody like me that's trying to survive off of this, the flea right. markets were the best for me because it's the same amount of people, but it doesn't cost you an arm and a leg to be there. Totally. So I can keep my expenses down. And so after I figured out that the flea markets and festivals and you know, trade shows type stuff is the way to go 
I found anyone and everyone I could find. I mean, I was traveling up to Pennsylvania. I'd, I have a map where I traveled <laughs> all over the country. I mean, it was like 30 different you, cities. So did you just carry global. a bunch of boxes with you in the car and then sell well, out? It, wasn't just, that it wasn't just a bunch of boxes. Like I would literally, I had an F-150 with a topper on it. Yep. And I would literally have... You know, because I would have to take my tables, my banners. My oh, that's everything, right. Everything. My full setup. And I would have every nook and cranny of that truck full of seasoning. Full. Like if there was <laughs> an extra little spot somewhere, put even, a if bottle it's blocking, <laughs> even if it's blocking my rear view mirror, I'm blocking oh. it because I'm getting an extra bottle in there. You know what I mean? Because right. I would sell that's... them. I would sell out. You know, wow. I, I remember there was one in South Carolina. It was a three-day event. And I was only two days and two hours in, and I was sold out. Ten thousand bucks worth of seasoning. I didn't have any. <laughs> what did you, you do? Know? Go home? Did you close up shop? Just hung out, hung out, <laughs> hung out with other vendors, talk people, and I still sampled the seasoning. I was just like, "Sorry, you can go to the website." I was like, I, right. "I remember." I turned on free shipping. I'm like, "Well, you can go on there right now and do free shipping." Like I did free right. shipping for the day because I was sold out. That's you know? pretty cool. But so that was a big part of the Dano story is for three years, that's how I survived. And I was doubling my revenue each year. You know, I, I did like 40,000 my first year. Then it was like a hundred and it was like 200 and it was like 2020. I was hoping to do like half a million dollars. Uh, right. I had my whole schedule planned out. Well then COVID and then COVID and then COVID. Right. And so, my plan B was social media. It was my only option. Right. I didn't have any other options. I mean, I right. was there was no other. You had your website. I was, boot, I was boots on the ground traveling. That's how I made my money. And now I couldn't do right. it. So right. And I had I had a social media accounts on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, but they were never a priority. <laughs> the views that I, I needed like i had a website i on amazon i would do like anywhere from 300 bucks a day and that's what i needed to do basically to stay afloat and so i just really went hardcore social media and it was like tiktok 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 is where i was focusing because that was the new trendy like right you know, <laughs> what i was listening to like gary vandercheck he's like if you have oh, a brand that's right <laughs> if you have a brand you need to be on tiktok and so right now, like it's perfect timing. So that's what I was doing. And that's how I got right. my, my, I guess my big break was the TikTok, me going viral on there. And it just like wow. flooded people to my website. Like I, I remember going, making my first little viral video that was controversial because I made some crab cakes. And <laughs> wait, I, why is that controversial? Oh, because I wasn't using Old Bay. Oh. Uh, and <laughs> people are like what's this danos like it probably sucks and i'm like, no you don't know to you dano using all my dan puns and dantastic and dano might and people were like oh my it. god and so it kind of just uh from there it just it, ne it never went down i'll tell you like like sales just kept going up 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 and right at that time i was talking with a marketing company who's my partner now and we just made a partnership because i was like look you can do everything that i wasn't good at 
I know what I'm good at. That's the great thing about a, a good entrepreneur knows what you're good at and what you're not good at. And I know what I'm not good at. I got the business to where it needed to be. And now it was kind of like, let's make this partnership and let me give it to you. And you manage the business and let me continue to be the face. So that's basically our partnership now is, you know, I'm not the CEO. I'm the owner founder. I have a CEO. Got it. And that's my partner. Makes sense. Wow. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Okay. So, and then talk about how you've gotten into retail stores and, and what does that look like um, over the last, I guess, what year or two, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Basically, we could say at this time last year in December of 2021, we were probably in, I'd say, 500 stores. And now, like to this day, I think we're getting ready to crack 13,000. Wow. And okay, has that basically, been proactive selling or are retailers are adding you? How's that? How's that happen? Yeah, well, basically, we use the social media to leverage everything. And, you know, like I said, I partnered with a marketing company. And basically what we did is, you know, it takes a, a year to get into these big retailers, Walmarts and Kroger's of the world. Um, it takes a year to get in there because you got to present your product. And then even when they accept it, it doesn't go on the shelf for like seven or eight right. months. That's right. So <laughs> people don't realize that. Was, you know, <laughs> right. Everything was setting up and for the future. But so as soon as we made our partnership, we started trying to make all these connections with Kroger's and Walmart's of the world. And we were making the connections and they were liking the product and we were getting the talks at the table with them. But it still took a year to get in the door. Now, sure. we've, you know, I mean, we're presenting product. We're getting ready to present product here in a couple months. That's for 2024. Got you know it. what I mean? We may launch it on social media this year, but you won't see it in the stores till 2024. So, but how we got in there is we basically leveraged our social media. Like I said, I partnered with a marketing company. So we're showing the Walmarts and the Kroger's of the world. We're like, look at all these views that we're getting. Look how much online product we're selling. Look, look at our, we got 24,000 five-star reviews on Amazon now. Amazing. Yeah. So it's like, look at this, like people want it. Plus we, you know, we buy the NIN data and we're like four out of five customers. We literally have a 79% return rate on our customers in retail markets. So I mean, who where they bought it, they come back and buy again. I mean, what a cool story. And that's just, and that's cause it's damn good. Like it is. Yeah. And that's the, there we go. <laughs> There we go. But that really is the beautiful thing about my product is I didn't start it to be low sodium, all natural, no sugar. I started it because of the flavor. It was the product. I was like, there's nothing like this on the market. Nothing, no other seasoning on the market tastes like this. They're all full of salt. So my original label, we'll go back to that. I'm showing you that right now. Yeah, I see it. it. Low sodium, real small, real small. Well, now on the new labels, it says low sodium because that was through my product development stage and my, you know, trials of, you know, going out there and sampling at the grocery store. My first month of having the original product and realizing I need to be telling people that, you know, the reason why I can use so much is because it is low sodium. It is low sodium. Exactly. 
Wow. And there's no sugar in it. So you can use more. So it was kind of like everything just kind of happened for a reason. I started the product because I knew the flavor was unlike anything else. And it, things just happened. The low sodium, all natural, no sugar was just like, wow, this can actually like change people's lives because it's different. You know? Sure. Totally. Wow. Amazing. So, and, and that's what the Walmart and Kroger's of the world's like too, is that it's different. It's low sodium and, and it's no sugar. So they're like, oh, it's healthy, you know. Right, right. Not that they, better better for you. Not that they not that they necessarily like they just want to sell a product. They want something that's selling, but here's a new trendy product. I'm always on social media. I'm always going viral and I'm educating people on hey, there's a better product out there, you know. Man. I think that's amazing. Um, so cool. What a neat story. I always love to ask our, our guests some of their biggest lessons learned. And you're, you're not early days, but you still are early days. I mean, you've got runway and stretch in front of you. But what would be two or three things you'd offer to the other entrepreneurs that listen to our show in terms of advice? I would say the number one thing that I could tell any entrepreneur is always be open-minded. Always be willing to listen to other people, but learn how to be, you have to be a successful entrepreneur. You have to be resourceful. You have to learn how to pivot and figure things out. Like my biggest pivot of all, well, my first pivot was when I realized that my original packaging wasn't it. So I had to pivot, pump the brakes because I knew it wasn't going to go. I knew it wasn't going to be where I had envisioned it going in the packaging and everything that it was at the current time. So I had to pivot, be resourceful, figure out the new packaging, put it into the new packaging and then go try something new. And then I figured out the flea markets. So what I'm doing right there is pivoting and being resourceful. And then my biggest pivot of all was when everything got shut down due to COVID and I had to go social media. And then I made the right partnership with a marketing company that, you know, basically helped take me to the next level because we saw the same, we had the same views and visions. Wow. Amazing. But being resourceful yeah, I mean, that's good. is number one. All right. Be resourceful. What, where have you seen some of your biggest challenges? And you mentioned earlier that, you know, be doing the thing you're best at, not trying to do things you're not best at, but how have you navigated that? Man, just, uh, to me, it was, it, it was easy. Because I, I knew I needed, I knew what I wasn't good at. You know, I knew that I got my business to where it was at the time when I was going viral. But I knew I didn't like to manage my QuickBooks. I don't like to manage the bank account. I don't like to manage all the emails and all that mess. And, you know, I was good at it, but I didn't like doing it. And I knew the whole time that I was like, eventually I'm not going to have to do this. Just keep doing it until you don't have to do it anymore. But and I knew that I was going to be the face and the promoter and the, you know, the, the main salesman, the one that ed- educates people. So to me, it was really easy because I just, I knew that's where I was going to be because that's what I was good at doing. It's i just love talking the product and telling people how good the product is, you know, Man, until- I love that. So really cool. I excited for you. I, like I said, I love the packaging and gr- amazing number of reviews. And then uh, just the growth that you're having so, is so cool and exciting. Um, you got to come back on down the road and share more with us as you continue to grow and as you continue to launch um, other products. Before we go, Dan, share with our audience where they can find you, connect with you, engage with your social platforms, et cetera. 
Absolutely. Our handle is Dano Seasoning on all social media platforms. You can find us on YouTube and TikTok or our biggest accounts, also Facebook and Instagram. And of course, go to danoseasoning.com. You can always, you, you know, we got our merchandise on there. Our, we got cool hats, cool shirts, and uh, also the seasoning. You can load up on the seasoning, and we got free shipping right now on the website. Woo! I love and that. We've had it on there for a little while, so we're we're kind of hoping that we might be able to keep free shipping on there, maybe forever. But who knows? Wow. Very, very cool. Um, man, so excited for you. Really appreciate you coming on today with us. And like I said, got to have you back on down the road. I'm looking forward to um, to being able to go find this in my local Publix and Kroger. And I just really appreciate you being with us today. Well, thank you so much. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional ContenderCast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at ContenderCast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.